Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. All right, good day and welcome to another podcast with me, Elsa Kepi, and I'm here with my partner, Declan. And today we are going to dive into a topic that is maybe not so comfortable, but I'm sure we can all relate. And this is about the feeling of not being good enough. And, you know, just to give an example, you know, this is kind of somehow how my days look. I wake up, I make coffee, I see to my kids, I meditate, I practice cello, I go for a walk, I do my Facebook email and my emails, I check on, you know, what we're doing for the day, I go, you know, do some other work, I see a client or two, and then I sit down, you know, it's only by then maybe 11 a.m., and I sit down and I go, oh, I haven't got very much done today, or I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing well with that, and, you know, this is how many of us actually spend our, our energy. We run around madly doing all of these things and we still somehow don't feel good enough. And, you know, I want to kind of lead into, a lot of you might be asking, you know, what does this have to do with relationships? What does this have to do with my sexuality? Well, a lot actually. Um, if we're not feeling good enough in ourselves and in, in how we show up in the world, we're going to have a really hard time connecting to anyone else because it's like we're feeling bad about ourselves. We may reach out for someone else to comfort us, but that's not really the same as reaching for someone in a partnership from a place of feeling good. So I wanted to kind of dive into this topic and, um, I'm sure Declan's got some interesting experience to share as well about this feeling of not uh, not ever living up to our own standards or, or being good enough. I mean, can you relate relate to that or speak to how <laughs> how maybe your day looks and where does your head come up with this this kind of feeling? Yeah, well, my 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 day to day life has changed quite drastically in the last few years, so I still haven't quite wrapped my head around around uh, that new reality just yet, even though I'm still I'm kind of living it next daily. But what I do feel is that uh, it's partly cultural, the cultural conditioning that we have, you know, been subject to. It's like, you know, if I just get this thing, I'll, I'll be, I'll feel better. If I just get this thing, I'll feel better. You know, you know, material thing, or a, or a, or even time with a certain person, or 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 if like if you're single or whatever, and it generally is not that. Or if it does actually work to make you feel better, it's quite temporary and you know f- really fleeting in some cases, and and you know you're on to the next thing pretty much immediately. So I feel as in my experience that it is largely cultural. And of course, when I was going through that uh, or 
as I'm going through that, you know, but earlier in life, it was like, oh, I didn't even really recognize it was going on, you know. So, yeah, it's, I feel like it's largely cultural. Interesting, yeah, and tied to maybe marketing consumerism and, and you mm. know, the yes. capitalist society, is that? Yes. Ah. Yeah, so, you know, if we're always chasing the next thing and not kind of, and, and it's always an external goal, yes. it leads to, oh, well, this, and, you know, I could, I could resonate with that as in, oh, I've, I've, you know, bought a house, let's say, and now all of a sudden that's not made me happy. Because most of us know that the thing isn't what makes us happy for if that, you know, if we're just being a consumer uh, of and following the, the trends. And then, you know, the, I would turn that in, on to myself and say, well, why isn't that making me happy? I bought a house. I should be happy, you know. And the fact that I'm not happy means there must be something wrong with me. Hence that I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me kind of thing. Is that, you know, is that kind of what you were thinking? Hmm. You know, yeah, not not exactly. That definitely does sound like a, um, like a, 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 a feminine perspective. <laughs> well, I knew that that was going to come up. I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of knew we were going to have different viewpoints, and I think that's interesting to our listeners as well. Um, you know, depending on what what your gender is, that obviously would, would do uh, culturally as well. We would be conditioned to different ways of responding. So I, f I feel like, yes, maybe that um, the, the, the masculine approach or the, the opposite to that, to, the, to that approach would be, or not opposite necessarily, but a, an, an alternative um, patterning would be possibly like, oh, uh, especially from the, the 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 masculine thing is like oh I just need to keep going I need to keep going and I will get the next thing or the other thing because that yeah. that will be the thing <laughs> there's right. there's there's more of a tendency to to strive to keep to keep going and of course there's exceptions to this not every person is going to have that experience obviously but I think there's more of a tendency to yeah just keep going until maybe it breaks <laughs> well I mean exactly you know I think that uh, the midlife crisis came out of this mm -hmm. I've been striving to to live up to cultural standards and I've not succeeded mm -hmm. and you get to a certain point and like you said you break and it's interesting you talk about men having that that I'm going to keep going, I'm going to strive. I do see that, you know, boys particularly may have been culturally conditioned to kind of, oh, get up, you know, I'm, I, a boy like gets up and tries again, you know, and that's a culturally conditioned story that we, we often put on boys more than girls. Um, I think girls more easily give up. But what I've noticed is that as women have taken on more masculine roles, that we've also ended up with that kind of striving as well. And, um, you know, it doesn't serve us any better than it doesn't serve anyone, really. Um, you know, we still have that feeling of, of somehow we haven't been good enough. We haven't, we haven't gotten the right thing yet. We haven't worked hard enough. We haven't been, in, like, you know, it just keeps going and going until, like you said, um, 
you just break. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in your experience, I know you've, you've known people, we've probably all known people that have gotten to that breaking point. You know, I'm just curious kind of now, like, what happens at that breaking point? And, and you know. Well, what I saw in, in you know, on the West Coast of, of Canada in my, you know, 20s and 30s, is that, you know, especially with my peers, my my met my, my male peers, and you know some of them were, were super close friends, but you know they didn't even actually realize that they were on that trajectory, and bang, they were gone one day, you know, literally like died, wow. because they, mm-hmm. they, you know, were constantly, you know, striving for something, and they they most of the time probably didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Just this feeling of uh, inadequacy mm-hmm. or whatever that needs to be filled with something, but that something is is not out there. Mm-hmm. It's not out there. And you know, in subsequent years, when I started to study the the um, you know uh, self improvement or you know personal development avenues through martial arts and meditation practices and that it's like you know the books and the sages say that you know the answers are within the answers are within and I do largely believe that so whatever it is that you're looking for out there you're more than likely not going to find it yeah and I (laughs) just being a woman and being ornery like to me when you know I agree with what you're saying and I had a, a bodily feeling of like, well, what if I don't have the answer? Now I'm not good enough, <laughs> even inside myself. So, you know, it's such a, a pervasive feeling, you know, of uh, not being able to find it. And, you know, um, and I'm wondering, so given that we've, we all, to a certain extent, are affected by this type of culture, you know, how, how does that impact our ability to be in relationship and, and it doesn't always have to be male female relationships or uh, you know could be any any types of relationships really but how does it impact our ability to be intimate to be with someone else this this internal kind of feeling of inadequacy or, or I'm not good enough you know there's an American um, uh martial arts, you know, ontology teacher, uh, uh, Peter Ralston, very, very well known in those circles, maybe not so well known outside of those circles, but he has a lot of students over the last, you know, 40 years, but he, he, one of the titles of one of his books is, you know, the book of not knowing. And it's quite large. (laughs) And I've read it, you know, at least three times. And it's like, if we can actually learn to be okay with not knowing, it actually has the greatest potential. Not knowing, coming from a place of, and you know, that's oversimplified. <laughs> you know, I'm summing up a, book, a huge book in one sentence. So it's mm. definitely oversimplified and there's many avenues to that. And it's difficult because we as a culture, we want to know. I was just going to say, I mean, that's what it brings up is the whole 
when we're striving, we're striving for some kind of answer or some certainty. Yes, we so, want to know. Yes. Yeah, we so want to know, and knowledge is seen. Oh, knowledge is power, knowledge is power. And knowledge is it's right in the root of the word, knowledge, know. Mm-hmm. No, I need to know, I need to know. What is, the, what is the knowing? What is the knowing? Where is the knowing? Where is the knowledge? <laughs> right. Oh, right. okay. So what, what if you did know? What if you did know everything? What's left? Right. Nothing. Oh, back to nothing again. Full circle. It's like very interesting. And of course, that's obviously also oversimplified. <laughs> and you can't sum mm-hmm. up these highly complex um, inner workings of the mind in one sentence or a volume of sentences or, or a book or a volume of books. You can't mm-hmm. really sum it up. It needs to be experienced, you know, from the somatic. It needs to be a somatic experience. Mm-hmm. And no matter how hard you try, or at least in my experience, no matter how hard I try to describe my somatic experience, whatever I say, it just comes out like, like that. It's difficult to explain. Well, yeah, as all these concepts are, but I think <clears throat> you you've kind of hit on on you know the certainty aspect as being. You know we can't know the answers and I think you know when it comes to when I think about relationship or intimacy again there's these sayings of like you know discover your partner every day anew you know like you're not going to you can't wake up going I know exactly who my partner is it's like how do you come from that place of not knowing and be open to exploring again and, and it means uh, admitting that you don't know everything about the person and yourself and the relationship and that you're willing to be present to what is in the moment, I think. Not easy. Not easy. <laughs> well, that pretty much sums it up. Not easy at all. And, um, you know, I think we do have this this idea that we want to know. I think that's a, an interesting way of looking at it. So whenever we feel we don't know an answer... We feel not good enough, but the whole point is to not know and to feel okay with that. You know, I think we've, we're kind of touching in on, like you said, some very complex and, um, you know, topics that, that humans have wrestled with, you know, for centuries. So we're not likely to figure it out today, but I do think that it's an interesting switch in my mind to consider the not knowing in my relationship. And so if I bring that openness to say, okay, I don't know how who I am in this moment and who this other person is in the moment, but I'm open to finding out, that feels, I can feel the magic in that. Mm. Yes. And I was also noticing as I was preparing for this podcast too, you mentioned the somatic feeling as, as being important. You know, I, I thought about the feeling of not being good enough as a contraction, as a as a tightening. Um, I'm not sure if that completely sums it up, but for me, it, it feels uh, it feels like a tightening down, um, a rigidification almost. Um, you know, in my body, that not good enough feeling, and the you know, just as we're talking now about the idea that we could be more open, more present, more curious, more in the not knowing, I can almost feel um, my body becoming less 
solidified in a way, like just more, <laughs> if I jump to, I'm jumping around a little, but if we jump to physics and say more wave and less particle, you know, it's more potential and less set course, you know, it's a, it, there's a possibility there. Um, you know, how, do you have a sense in your body of how these things feel? I mean, you mentioned that as being important. Yeah, so like uh, like uh, in my experience, the, the somatic experience is is important, very important. Maybe it's the foundation, like, you know, I don't actually know for sure, but it feels like it's either foundational or, or like <laughs> really close to foundation or possibly sub-foundational, but uh, because there's the there's the the actual feeling the actual somatic experience and then there's the thought about the somatic experience and then there's the words that that that, that potentially come forth from your mouth about or generated by the thought of the experience so now we're already three steps away from the actual experience mm -hmm. and now we're trying to explain that to somebody else and share that with somebody else and and now we're four steps away and it quickly like becomes something else. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that in, in the, um, in the martial arts uh, circles or, you know, in any practice, really dancing is really no different with partner work, although you're not trying to, you know, overcome your dance partner in, in any way you're trying to cooperate with them but at the pinnacle of martial arts and the height of martial arts it's the same thing it's a joining with rather than a trying to have power over so there's the doing of the thing and there's the the somatic experience and it's a doing but it's also it also should be effortless like when you, if, you, if you've ever done any partner dancing when if there's two people that are not working together, like it's not fun. It's right. not fun. And it's difficult. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm pushing and this person's also pushing and we're like not getting anywhere. And it's like, and my shoulders are stressed out. My knees hurt. Blah. But when you define it, when you get to with a dance partner, where you're both on the same page, it's like, it's almost effortless and it's beautiful and it's graceful and it's beautiful. And people that are watching from the outside can actually see that. Oh, those people dance together quite well and it looks effortless and it, it most likely is if it's very beautiful from the dancer's point of view effortless most likely I mean they put in a lot of work and a lot of time to get to that stage so it's actually not effortless because they put in the effort but in the moment in the moment it could be described as effortless so yes we need to put in the work we need to put in the work but if we can, in the moment, release the striving to, to uh, try to accomplish something, and you can actually, in your relating to your partner, feel their experience in the moment. But it's not easy. Mm. Well, I think you bring up an important point. I think we, we come to this a lot is that there's, there's inner work to be done. There's a recognition that this feeling of not good enough or not, you know, striving or all the kind of aspects of it that we've touched on today are not helpful in a, 
in a relationship and they're getting in the way of that flow or that beauty or grace or all of these words that, that you use to describe that kind of effortless togetherness um, that looks effortless but has taken, as you said, much work to get there. Um, you know, I think I'll, I'll leave it there because the work to be done is not easily um, explained. It is, it's a, a slow coming to terms with who you are and how you show up. Um, you know, these kinds of things are what we try to work with as somatic practitioners. We try to be present in the moment to ourselves and to relating to our bodies in the hopes that this will help us to relate to other people. And, you know, if we can have that kind of relationship with ourselves, you know, acceptance and, you know, being present to and just that flow with our own self without letting those thoughts of, oh, you should have this or you should know this or this should be the way we do it that, that gets us feeling insecure about ourselves. I think that we can bring that type of awareness to a relationship and hopefully <clears throat> have the opportunity to work with uh, with a partner that has that that background or the ability to work on their own too and like you said then work together uh, but there there's no quick fix and you know we I'll come back to the cultural phenomenon we have a culture of consumerism materialism you know quick fix ideas uh, that you know if you have the next thing it'll all it'll solve all your problems I think what we've touched on today is that that doesn't work most times um, it uh, it just leads to more and more emptiness or, or breaking point as you mentioned um, so you know finding a new way forward of being present to ourselves and each other is uh, something that I'd like to see the culture move towards. And perhaps in these times, there's an opening for a different way of looking at things. Uh, you know, do you have a sense of moving forward as, as a culture? Um, you know, any, any final words about what you'd like to see as far as a new belief system pattern? Yeah. It does. It does feel like we're we're at the we're at the turning point now, you know, you know, globally with this whole uh, situation that we find ourselves in. So, I believe that we need a new paradigm shift. It's 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 pretty clear. Mm -hmm. It's pretty clear. And we'll have to stay in the unknowing with what that is, <laughs> which is probably, you know, one of the challenges of the times. Well. So we'll leave it there for today, folks, and I hope that's given you lots of food for thought. It definitely has to me, and uh, we look forward to uh, delving into uh, another topic with you all another time. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together.